You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay Smith, and this is a discussion featuring US slam poet or beat poet, one of the two, Neil Hilburn. The reason for the conversation was to promote Neil's then upcoming tour of Australia, which occurred in December of 2017. So let's have a listen to what Neil has to say. Let's go. Hey, Neil, it's Andy Mackay Smith calling from Queensland in Australia. How are you going? I'm doing good. How are you, man? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. It's uh, about 6.45 in the morning over here, mate. I'm just getting the kids ready for kindy and for school, so you know how it is, mate. Life takes off. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Well, I appreciate you calling me so early in the morning. No, that's all good. What, what time is it in your part of the world there? It is 2.45 in the afternoon. So um, I've just been you know, just sending emails all day, so uh, not as eventful as your day. I bet, yeah. Yeah, actually, what's, uh, down here in Australia today, <laughs> it's actually what we call Melbourne Cup Day as well, so it's a bit like, you know, you guys in the States have the Kentucky Derby. Our version of that is the Melbourne Cup, so that's happening oh, okay. today. So I'm a musician as well and playing cover bands, so I'm performing in front of a crowd of drunken, rabid punters, mate, down on the Gold Coast um, a bit later on today as well, mate, so it's going to be an interesting day, <laughs> you know, playing all of the classics, brown-eyed girl and all of that stuff. Oh, my God. We'll try not to die. Um, I, honestly, I love the phrase punter. I'd never heard it until um, I was just touring in the UK, and I, somebody said, I was like, excuse me, punter, what is it? What does that mean you're like, uh... Asshole, I need asshole. I was like, okay, cool, got it, got it, done, got it. <laughs> it's a bit like that, but yeah, look, mate, I suppose if, if there weren't those punters there drinking and carrying on, I suppose I wouldn't get paid and have a job, so I'll be thankful for it, eh? Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man. We might as well, I'll kick things off, mate, because I know you've got to, I'm the first of a, one of a few, am I the first interview that you've had today from Australia, or have you had people before me? Uh, a couple before you, so you're you're the third of eight today. Nice. Okay. Well, we are looking forward to you coming down. And mate, I was reading an article on the Huffington Post, which provided commentary on your rise to prominence through a performance at the 2013 Rust Belt Regional Poetry Slam. But mate, you actually started performing mm. years earlier, around 2009. So you were working very hard to bring poetry to, to the people already. But, mate, when you were starting out, did you think that your yeah. craft would afford you the opportunity to travel the globe and indeed talk to your art about a bloke living on the Sunshine Coast in Australia in 2017? <laughs> Absolutely not. There's no way. Are you kidding me? Um, I mean, even even when I first started, like, poetry, like, poetry on the internet and, and video, like, poetry video, it wasn't a thing, you know? It never occurred to me that, that poetry is something that could, like, go viral or anything like that. Um, so I always, you know, I always thought I was going to be, um, like an English professor or a poetry editor or something like that, but it never, never ever occurred to me that I'd get to tour full time doing this. So no, it's still, it's still pretty constantly a surprise to me that anybody would like pay money to show up and hear me say stuff, you know? Yeah, cool, cool. And mate, hopefully you get this feedback a lot, but I think your willingness to stand in front of large audiences and detail, many of your personal challenges is extraordinarily admirable, but where does your inspiration come from to do that? Thank you. Um, just, I mean, really just watching the other, um, the other poets in my community um, in Minneapolis and St. Paul, where I live in, in, uh, in the state. Um, I think that a lot of, 
a lot of our poetry community, and I think a lot of what spoken word is doing right now in general is um, it's really focused on on personal narrative and um, exploring not like not just personal tragedy and struggle, but like uh, somebody's entire personal narrative, which often includes tragedy and struggle because artists are sad people. Um, and so, so I, I literally did, I just came up in this scene, just watching people get on stage and be like, this is exactly what's wrong with me and let me articulate it for you. And so to me, that was just like, that's just what you do. You know, you just talk about, talk about what's going on with you and, and hopefully work through it on stage. Um, and so it, um, it's just kind of always been what I've done. It seemed to be successful. So I keep doing it, you know? Yeah, cool, mate. And look, I understand that you were diagnosed with OCD and bipolar disorder, uh, or you have been diagnosed with those afflictions. Oh, sorry, I'm trying to find the right word to, mm. to say you know, if they're afflictions or conditions. But so, cre- please correct me if I'm, I'm wrong there. But to what extent do you think no, you you're con- right? So, what extent do you think your conditions define you as a person? Are they just part and parcel of Neil, or are they actually defining characteristics? Um, I just, I think you're just part of, of who I am as a person. Like I, if, if you ask me to describe myself, um, uh, the, my mental disorders would be like the ninth or 10th thing I say about myself. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that to me, that's a lot of what, um, a, a lot of what sort of removing stigmas around mental health is about is, is, is redefining like putting this idea into people's heads that, that somebody being mentally ill, that's not their entirety as a person. That's just like part of who they are. And it's just something they deal with every day, you know? So no, nah, man, I mean, yeah, I'm a crazy person, but I think that before that I'm, I'm a whole bunch of other things, you know? Yeah. A couple of, I'll just share my story quickly. A couple of years, I used to talk in front of people all the time, not, not as many, not as big audiences mm. as what you do, but in my job at Telstra, I used to have to talk in front of anywhere up to 50, 60 people. One day I had an anxiety attack on stage. Mm. So, you know, when I was talking to people, a panic attack, and I thought I was dying, to be honest with you. I mean, I went, I started shaking, got the cold sweats right. and all the rest of it and haven't been able to do it since, to be honest. And I'm starting to undergo hypnotherapy to help me do it. So, Mate, I think it's, like I was saying earlier mm. in that chat, I think it's extraordinarily brave that you're able to do that and actually stand up in front of people. And But you've got a wonderful cadence to the way that you go about things. It's almost like jazz. And, you know, for, as a musician, I can actually hear oh, the notes. <laughs> I can actually hear the notes in, in your performance, if you like. Mm. You know, so. Um, yeah. Man, that's super flattering. Thank you. <laughs> That's all good. It's what I hear. So, I was listening to you last night, actually, as I was doing some other work, and it's musical. It's very musical what you do. Man, thank you. Shoot. No worries. And, uh, mate, you are multi-talented, as I've already alluded to, as you are an author with two books to your name. So you've got 2012's Clatter and 2015's Our Numbered Days. Mm-hmm. What do you like about writing? Well, um, for me, it's, it's always been really cathartic. Um, like, uh, whenever I'm dealing with anything in my life, any, any feeling or thought that's, that's too huge or that's like really incomprehensible. I, the first thing I do is I open up, I open up my, my, uh, my notebook and I start writing. Um, but beyond that, like it's, it's just fun for me. I don't know. Like, um, I'm not, (laughs) I don't have like 
musical talent. I'm not a good, I can't draw or paint at all. So like it's writing and specifically poetry is the only, the only, uh, I think art form that I'm really, that I'm really good at, that I feel really competent with. Um, and so it's really fun for me to like take an idea or a feeling and then like make it fit a particular form or, or turn it into something that, that I think is actually good art. Um, so for me, yeah, I mean, every time I write a poem that I like, I can look at it and be like, Oh, so I'm good at something. All right. I have, I have worth in the world. This is wonderful. Yeah. I can definitely <sighs> relate to that. Actually. Yeah, I went through that experience after I had my anxiety attack. I started to think shit, what I'm actually good at then if I can't do mm. what I've typically thought I was good at. Um, but music is what I fell back onto. So, so in many ways, thank God I've got that. But you are right. You, you've got to mine your creativity. Well, the way I interpret what you're saying is you've got to mine your creativity yeah. and the more avenues you find to do that, you, the better off you are. And you've definitely, it's a wonderful way to achieve self-worth, I think, is through creativity like what you're doing. Thanks, man. So, Australia, you are touring the East Coast in December. What's your relationship been like with Australia over the years? Yeah. Um, you know, I, um, I've never been, uh, this will be my first time in Australia. Um, but I've always, um, I mean, it's always been like, for me, Australia is just kind of like mythical land that I've always imagined. Um, you know, like on the other side of the world, it's for most of my life been like totally unreachable. And so I think for, for me, like a lot of Americans, it's kind of, this, it's, it's this, like, it's this place that's just full of like terrifying venomous animals that'll murder you. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm a huge animal person. Like before I ever started writing, I thought, um, I always thought I was going to be like a biologist or an animal behavior specialist or something like that. And mm -hmm. so like, um, so I always like, you know, looked at like Australian animals. I'm like, why are they so weird? What's going on on that Island? Um, so I think <laughs> more than anything, I'm just excited to like, it's my favorite thing about travel is like, you know, you always imagine um, whatever a place is going to be like, and you always have these stereotypically dumb things that you think. And then as soon as you show up, you're like, oh, they're just people here too, you know? Um, and so I'm really excited to find out what Australia is actually like instead of this weird idea I've built up in my head. Well, you're not too far from, the perception isn't too far from reality there because my wife was just telling me where we live here and we live in a semi-regional part of Queensland. Somebody just found a bloody red belly black in their backyard, which is a very venomous and very aggressive snake. So we're, we're bloody getting them because yep. what's, we go through, in my part of the world, it either rains a lot or it doesn't rain at all. So what happens is when it rains a little bit, all of the mm. animals start coming out, and that's when they start, you know, you start finding eastern browns oh, and sure. red belly blacks and all the rest of it. So, uh, so yeah, mate, you're, I think if you're talking to somebody in Melbourne or Sydney, they, they are far more um, urbanised and suburbanite. But up in my part of the world, yeah, you're definitely going to find a spider or a snake <laughs> or two when you travel through the year. There's no question about that, you know. Great. Can't wait. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So, mate, I'll, I'll be at your Brisbane show. Well, I'm just trying to – God, I should have had the email open up so as I could tell people. Um, actually, are you okay? I should, should ask you this at the beginning. I'm going to broadcast this as part of my podcast series. Are you cool with that? Uh, yeah, totally, man. That sounds great. Perfect, yeah. I'll, when I finish the podcast, when we finish our interview, I'll read out where the dates are, mate. But I'll certainly be in the crowd at your Brisbane performance, mate. So congratulations again on a wonderful career to date. I'm sure you've got many, many years and decades ahead of you doing what you do but yeah i'll definitely be in the crowd when you perform in brisbane um yeah man, well great to talk to you um good luck with your hypnotherapy you are listening to the scars and guitars podcast my name is andrew mckay smith and that was my discussion with the poet neil hilburn thank you so much for listening <laughs>